Well, baseball has decided they're just going to jam-pack everything into one week or might as well make it one month. We've got uh, the All-Star Game, <clears throat> the MLB Draft, and we have the training deadline, which is, uh, by the time everyone's listening to this, will be about 13 days away. That's going to be fun. Uh, no time to turn around and, and think about anything else other than that. Um, <clears throat> I'm Justin Ladd, this is Smoke Signals, and for the first time, in a while, I have Spencer Carlson on the other line to talk about the Tribe. I feel like it's been a while since we did this, and it's been a while since we just talked about the Tribe in general, man. Yeah, I mean, we didn't get a chance to talk when they were doing the hot streak um, due to conflicting busy schedules. And then, obviously, congratulations with you guys getting the house. Uh, work has very much got easier over the last month. So I think we're heading in the right direction here. Um, the tribe very much didn't the first part of July, but uh, I don't know. I kind of like the whole jam-packed baseball into the week of the dead sports season of the year. Um, the NBA finals usually aren't this late due to COVID, but uh, there's still a lot of baseball talk over the last week, which I think is a good sign. There is, but I, I kind of argued this with Willie the other day, and he agreed with me that, um, you know, and, and baseball can't have their draft in, like, the off season because of right. school and stuff like that. But the NFL is good at, like, they have the draft in April. They have mini camp. They have camp. Like, if you look at the NFL calendar, there's something going on, I don't know, 10 months out of the year that kind of drives the conversation for them. Yeah. Uh, and, the thing I hate about baseball is that, like, if you did if you did it this way, if you had the draft in June like normal, the trading deadline in the All Star Game, or I'm sorry, the All Star Game in August in July, and maybe bump the uh, trading deadline to August, you can have conversations on sports talk from basically June through August. That's the meat of your season. That's when football comes back too. So you could have better conversations, but instead. Everything's happening this month, and I kind of hate it. Yeah, um, football is very much a sport driven by um, having hot takes. Baseball narratives, much, yeah, narratives. You know, one position in particular. Um, <laughs> it's crazy. Occasionally, it'll happen with like MVP or like face of baseball, but occasionally, there's really not too much controversy <clears throat> of people saying, "Wow, this guy's really good." Like everyone knows, Fernando Tatis Jr. is really good. I was listening to Christian Yelich do an interview earlier today on a podcast. He's like, yeah, Jacob DeBagram's really good. I faced him. What do you want me to tell you? Like, there's not really much controversy. There's not really much controversy in it. Meanwhile, you flip on ESPN, and they're all arguing who's their top five quarterback in each division. So it's very much a different type of sport when it comes to the narrative of talking about the sport. Um, I think the only time things get heated is when you do team play. Uh, so it's very much driven as a different type of sports media market. Uh, I think having – that time where there's not a lot of focus on another sport and kind of trying to jam pack everything in the one weekend, even if you don't think it's the right time for the exposure, uh, can still be beneficial to the sport because I don't think Sunday was necessarily the best day to do it, but sometime around the all-star break, I feel like it's a good idea to do the draft. Uh, there's a, you know, my dad used to call this the dead zone of sports. Like you really only have the all-star game and the home run derby and then basically a week and nothing. Uh, until baseball starts back up. I mean, training camp's not going on. Basketball's usually over by now. Hockey's usually over by now. So, um, 
I, I kind of look forward to it. I thought it was a good week. I got to talk about baseball a lot. You know, I talked to Willie, talked to you. So, I don't know. Kind of like it. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, I mean, it's fun. It's like a kind of a sprint versus a marathon, which is not like baseball at all. I, I kind of consider my I kind of consider March, not March. I said today, February, the worst sports month because after the Super Bowl is over, um, you have that. I mean, you have conference tournaments, spring right. training starting, but like until you get to March, when you get like the end of spring training and the thick of March Madness, like it's pretty boring sports wise. So yeah, I think that's the worst one for me. I think if you tell Cassandra that, you know, if North Carolina Duke is playing in February, she would disagree with you. But I'm not the biggest <laughs> – and I'm not the biggest NCAA basketball fan. I'll watch it for March Madness. That's about it. Um, but she's a big Tar Heels fan. So there's that small crowd out there. But obviously it's not a humongous crowd. Um, yeah, I would say February is probably the worst. Mid-July gets pretty dull there for a moment. Um, you have – what happens, too, in the middle of July, you see where teams are going. You have one skating backwards, one skating forwards, and you see what teams do and which – and who's kind of given up on their season. So I would say, I mean, even though July is a nice month because it's summer and you know, there's a lot of things to do, um, can be pretty dull uh, unless you're very much uh, into a certain radio station that wants to talk about fourth string quarterback <laughs> and, and offensive linemen. So uh, if, that's your cup about, of tea, if that's your cup of tea, July is a great month. Yeah, worrying about guys who may or may not be top ten quarterbacks oh, and God. if they're going to get uh, paid or not. There was a quarterback when Browns were on. Uh, what was that? What's that show on HBO? Uh, Hard Knocks. Hard Knocks. Yeah. Yeah, they had Brogan Roback, who was the fourth string quarterback. And he went to like Eastern Michigan. He was an undrafted free agent, got cut, and he had more exposure than Jose Ramirez does. And that's right, and everyone and, loved that and, dude. And that's how this town works, um, which is very much which can lead into the uh, first topic, talking about. Uh, where the team plans on going between minority ownership, what their goals are with attendance and salary and all that stuff in, yeah. Zach, in Zach's article. Yeah, speaking of bull, bull crap ideas, uh, I remember that, that thing a couple weeks ago about – it's so funny you saw the overreaction. So so predictable, right? Like the Indians lost nine in a row, and, and they, they they got to a hard part of their schedule. Like we knew right. we knew that June was going to be soft for them. Like we knew there was a super easy schedule coming, and then they lost they lost Bieber, they lost Savali, right. they lost Ple- they already lost Plesac. And then you add in a tougher schedule. Like they they were never going to survive. That didn't matter. No, and, absolutely. And they they would have probably had a tough time even with losing one of those guys, let alone all three. And I and to be fair, I don't know that. If you put like if you took the top three pitchers from each each team in Major League Baseball, how would they do? How would they do? Right, right. Um. And, you know, my my thing with that too. I think we talked about this through text message. Um, when you're completely injured, there's only so much saving grace you can have, and of course they played over their head. Um, but to be like, okay, this team doesn't have talent. We should trade Jose Ramirez is kind of what I would call nonsense because what a great topic. What a great radio topic. And not only that, I mean, that's, that's once again, I'm not going to bring them up. So (laughs) I'm past it. Um, I was telling you that there was a lot of young growing pains that was frustrating baseball to watch because you know, you know exactly what young frustrating growing pain baseball looks like. There's errors, there's walks, there's not knowing the situation. There were some games in that nine game losing streak. 
like the Indians should have won. Like they should have won in Tampa. They should have won the three to two game when they had guys in second and third. No, out in Houston. I was at that game. Those are the games you have to win. Uh, just you know, not having the uh, understanding of the moment or not knowing having the experience really shot them in the foot. And I don't think it's necessarily uh, lack of talent and being like, man, we should probably sell the whole team now after a bad week of baseball. Kind of, kind of, kind of nonsense. I think people are very much adapt to the mid like the 05 to 10 era which was kind of like or even up to 2012 where it's like okay team sucked again let's trade the best player that's not how they operate anymore i know they've traded some pitchers but that's because they believe they had pitching depth it wasn't because they thought bad players can we can we add some context to this in general like right okay two things and we're not the only ones to bring this up obviously you mentioned zach and tj they do a great job okay in 2021, for the most part, like who's in first place? Like the okay, the Padres, the Dodgers. Right. Those those teams are clear cut buyers at the trading deadline. The Cubs, the Rockies, the Pirates, sellers. There, there's no there's no doubt there. Anybody who isn't a clear cut seller or buyer specifically is not one of the other. They are probably both and. I, I hate that people make things so binary and black and white. Like it's not, it's just not black and white. Like the Indians are very much. I not to say that I'm going to nail this down to science. They're very much going to be in both a buy small, sell small market. Like they're going to be like, okay, we can kind of get rid of Eddie and Caesar, and then maybe add a young piece or get a quadruple A who has control that we think could end up being a piece on this baseball team. It's exactly how this trade is season's probably going to go for the Indians. Maybe they could go and make a splash on Brian Reynolds at the 40-man roster thing that you and I will talk about in a little bit, but, like, it's not black and white. It's not like, okay, either the Indians are selling Jose Ramirez or they're 15 games above 500 and they're trading for Mike Trout. That's not how trades markets usually work. That's just not how it is. Right, and and, and this, these things piss me off. Not, not, not because, you know, for any reasons of being, a, you know, for anybody being a fan, but it's it's illogical and it's not reading things clearly. It's not following. Um, like people like John Heyman who are like, oh, the Indians are sellers. And people are like, oh, you know, they, the Indians are not in first place. They're going to trade Jose Ramirez because they traded Lindor, because they traded Bauer, because they traded Kluber, because they traded Clevenger. Like, it's so much missing context to say they're going to be sellers because they've done it in the past. Like, A, the payroll. People are like, oh, we're going to keep cutting payroll. Okay, they're at a $50 million payroll right now-ish. And you're assuming that they want to cut it even further? Like, you're basing it how they... Okay, they went from, what, 120 at the peak with Edwin when they signed him. um, And you think that they're going to strip it down and trade Ramirez because he's too expensive. Like, they're already at $50 million. They're not going to keep making it smaller. Like, they they made all those trades to get down to this point. Um and it even said, so Zach's article, and I'm not 100% on these numbers, but I can probably rough estimate it. They're like, if the tenant stays the way it is now, we get a minority owner, we'll hover a little bit below $100 million. If we get attendance above $2 million, we're probably going to go back up to the 110-ish mark. Which, I mean, for the Indians baseball and the way the market working now, it was kind of like where we would want the Indians to be, considering how small market they are and the attendance the way it is. Like, yeah, if the Indians can pull like the Browns did, and, you know, let's say the, the the games were like they were in the 90s and they're pulling in 2.5, 3 million people. Obviously, 
I know this sounds crazy. They'd probably spend $150 million, but that's not how it's working. The whole thing's crazy because they're not going to get there ever again. That was a, no, a unique time in Cleveland and Cleveland history. Absolutely. When I think people, I know this sounds so, I don't know. I mean, it's a pretty simple factor, right? So the Browns left and the Indians had anything good for 40 years and the Cavs stunk. So what was everybody going to do? Obviously watch the good sports team, which was the right. Indians. And lucky the Indians so, were going to appear to be crappy. If the Browns left again and LeBron retired and the Cavs were good or shitty for another 20 years again, and then all of a sudden the Indians were a dynasty and had nine Hall of Famers on their lineup, yeah, they'd probably sell out. That's not – I mean, that. I don't – people realize that 95 through 99 is not happening again. Well, it will never happen again. Um, they can still draw. I uh, you know when they were good, uh, the, when their teams were really good in 17-18, they got up to that 25, 26,000 mark. The Indians can operate with the way their attendance at TV deals are at there and still have a payroll of what they had when they had Edwin. I know they lost a couple mil, or like they said, in like the 10 mil range. But what I was telling you too is when the team's worth 323 when you buy it, and then now it's worth $1.2 billion. Yeah, you might lose $10 million or $20 million a year, but whenever you have the chance to go sell, I mean, you're making a billion dollars. So I don't think they're too stressed out at the moment, uh, as people think they are. I think it's more about if they were to treat it, the team more like a business instead of a hobby. If they were to treat it more like a business and they're always in the red, and then they sell, and then someone has majority stake, then we could be nervous of them moving the team if the leasing agreement were to be up. So I think people should just calm down and uh, watch how the team operates the next couple of years. Payroll is going to go up. There's going to be some good young talent that comes up. I think 2021 is kind of the 2012 version of what's going on, and I think the team will get better in the next couple of years. 20, really it's never going to be as bad as 2012. That, no, that I mean, I'm just awful. using it as an example. I'm just using it as an example. This team's still going to win like 85, oh. 80 games like but yeah it's very much it's very much probably i think the bottom of the barrel i don't think the indians are going to win like 82 games next year first of all i think they'll be way healthier this is a pretty fluky year i think they're going to be way healthier next year knock on wood but then there's i mean they cannot i know this sounds crazy they cannot hit worse than they did in the first half i mean they were like 25th 29th and 30th in the three major like basic hitting categories i mean they can only got, go up and they can only go up from there They've got two, two semi, two regulars that are above uh, a 100 OPS plus, which is obviously league average. It's 100, and then you add in Harold Ramirez, who I guess he's kind of a regular at this point. He's got 200 plate appearances. Uh, he's the third guy, and then you have Bobby Bradley, who's who's doing pretty good so far. You've you've essentially got three three guys that have been playing the bulk of the season at this point over. 100 OPS plus. The rest of them are below. I mean, if you want to throw Jordan Luplo in there, you can, but he's uh, mm. um, MIA. I, mean, I know he played tonight in right. a rehab game, but um, we'll see what happens there. But Speaking of uh, just a tad bit off topic, real quick. Speaking of OPS plus, I was watching a 95 documentary this weekend with Cassandra, and then I was checking out their numbers. That 95 team almost scored 900 runs. Guess which player in the lineup was the only guy who had an OPS plus below 100? Oh. So they had eight guys that had OPS plus 100. Guess who was the only guy who did? Omar Vizcal, who had second. Yeah, yep, exactly. So Omar's was literally a 73, and everybody else is like 110 and above. Yeah, he had second in that lineup. Good job, Grover. Good job. <laughs> Great manager. Um, 
Yeah, so, yeah, everyone should just, I mean, chill on that. I mean, I don't know. If you want, like, I, I've, I've put my, my, I've put this to peace in my head that I, I don't care what people say about payroll, yada, 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 whatever they want to do, they can. Um, they're not going to, they're not going to cut it further. They're not going to go lower. So don't say, oh, well, there goes Bieber, there goes Ramirez, they're going to get traded because uh, the Indians want to cut payroll. They've already cut payroll. You just assume that, what are they going to do? I mean, are they going to play? Are they going to have uh, a forty-man roster full of uh, league minimum guys? Like, I don't think they're going to get that bad. No, and I also don't think like I know this sounds. I know we talked. I think we talked about this in February about percentages. I don't think the team's losing both Bieber and Jose Ramirez. I think one end up signing. Like they're going to have the ability, especially if they do get a minority owner who has thirty percent stake in the team. If, the, if they're even willing to take a little bit of a home discount, they'll probably sign one of those guys. Um, and I think it'd be Jose Ramirez, to be honest with you. Uh, and then if you have to piece the team together a, around your your prospects, they're going to spend more money than they did this year. And they still spent, like, what was it? How much they spent on Cesar? Six million? Yeah, like six or seven. Yeah, they spent eight on Eddie, so if they can go redo that whole thing again and sign better players than those two guys. Like, Cesar has been good defensively, and now if all of a sudden he's hitting home runs and the worst leadoff hitter of all time because he's not doing what leadoff hitters do. He's just swinging for the fences, and there's no one on base. I think he has 15 home runs and, like, 28 RBIs. Yeah, it's super um, weird. He's having a strange, yeah. strange year, and his defense strange stinks. Year. Yeah, and uh, – Oh, is he having a bad defense year? I haven't even looked into the numbers. It's not great. I mean, I, I have to, yeah. I have to pull the numbers up, but just the eye test says we need him, we need him to fool some uh, boomer into thinking he's still good defensively, so he can trade for him. Um, yeah, and then Rosario. I mean, I don't, I don't know. It has a bunch of RBIs. Steal, uh, and now he's hurt. Somehow is leading the team in stolen bases, but can't hit a doorknob if it was standing there on a tee. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if you can just pull back even a prospect for each one of those guys uh, uh, that, a, that a team's kind of given up on, see what you can do with that. Defensive runs saved above average uh, this year. Cesar is negative nine. Uh, wow. It's pretty bad. Year after the, year after the uh, gold glove. Yeah, so his defense has been poor. His, his batting has been poor. Who, I don't know. Who's it? Whose idea was it to say that was a good signing? It wasn't me. Uh, yeah. But, uh, oh, well, I mean, it happens. Like, what am I going to do about I think it? I think it was fine in theory. Like, you know, they were trying to – I hate I hate using this because it's a cliche term, but it's the, the thread, quote-unquote, thread the needle. And they were. They were trying to be like, okay, we're going to try to be this team where, yeah, we're the youngest team in the league. We're going to add Rosario and Hernandez and – we have good pitching, and we're going to try. If everything if everything breaks our way, if we get lucky, we'll we'll be in the playoff race. We might even make the playoffs. And of course, what happened? They got no luck with injuries, and then the two veterans they signed stunk. So that's just the yeah. way it falls when you operate Where, that way. I tell you, I tell you what: if Eddie Rosario goes to the American League and starts hitting Indians pitching again, I'll fly to his house. I swear. The way he used to hit for the Twins against us, if he stinks for us and then goes somewhere else and hits against us again. Yeah, he, he's he got seven home runs, and I swear, I have to look, I swear there were years of Twins. He's like one month against us. Right, like that, that was just against the Indians. Like, I don't know what happened, man. I'm not sure what's going on with him, but um, I'd be okay moving on from him, to be honest hey, with you. Not, not, the harp, not the harp on the guy. Um, 
Doesn't he seem like a very lazy defensive outfitter? Um, I don't think he's lazy. I think I think just for, I could tell by lot. I'm using. I'm not even using numbers. I'm just using body language. I've been to probably 15 games this year, and maybe he's just actually good and can nonchalant it. That, that's like, what I think it is. I think he's he's never been a great defender. Okay, so statistically, if you want to know. Uh, Defensive run saved above average this year. He is uh, at about two. So, you know, not great, but he's still in the positive column defensively. I, I think it's more likely he's he's a solid defender and he's low energy just because he he can. He's got a great arm. You know, he's got that arm. But. Yeah, he does. So I would never take – I mean, I'm not going to take that from him. Just when you see him catch a fly ball um, – I know. I mean, it's a very old school, but like they always say, you know, act like you want to catch it. He just camps, camps under it, okay, just grabs boomer. it with one hand. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but uh, catch it, just catch it with one hand, sticks his head down, acts like he already knows he has it. And I'm like, well, I mean, I've never known you to be a gold glove outfitter. So <laughs> I'm like, but I mean, it's fine. I really don't care. I uh, I think they should just move on from to be honest. No matter what that happens at this point. Like, oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I don't know what they can get for him. And who knows when he'll even be healthy. We have no idea what the status of his injury is. Like, I mean, Daniel Johnson has not looked good so far. Um, no. But I'd rather see him get, like, 50 more games played. And I'd rather see Oscar Mercado get a few more games played just because you might. I mean, they're 20, 25 and 26, respectively. And it's time to see. And Bradley's yeah, injured. Bradley. <sighs> I, uh, okay, can I, Bradley Zimmer is a useful major league player. He is a great defender. Not for the Cleveland Indians. Okay. He is very much useful. He's very much a useful major league player for a good baseball team in a certain role. He is not good right. for playing every day sixth in the Indians lineup. I'll tell you that right now. No, 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 no. He he needs to be on a team, and maybe maybe they trade him. Maybe some team wants him as a fourth outfielder. He needs to be on a team that needs uh, a backup center fielder who can play good defense, who can come in late in the game as defensive replacement, pinch run. Um, and he, he gets out and he gets on base. Like he puts up a. I mean, he doesn't. He's a very passive hitter. I, I, I can say he has. He does not take. And so this is the crazy thing with him. Either he walks or he strikes out. I've never seen someone put the ball in play so few of times. Yeah. But it's crazy because you would think that pitchers know, hey, this guy does not want to swing the bat. I'm just going to start pumping pitches in the strike zone. And it works. Dude, There was I don't remember who was pitching. Someone threw him <laughs> – oh, it was Rich Hill. Threw him three straight curveballs down the middle. I was watching it on StatCast. It, it didn't change his location. They were all down the middle. Strikes. He was struck, struck out on three pitches, didn't swing at any of them. Couldn't right. believe it. I was shell-shocked. Yeah, that's, that's unfortunately kind of where he is. I think – I don't know. I, I remember hearing this a few years ago about, about Zimmer that after he had that big injury to his shoulder that he kind of plays timid now that he's scared to get hurt again. So maybe that's part of why he's... Well, I mean, he has, he has one extra base hit in how many at-bats? Uh, 96 bats, 119 plate appearances, yeah. Yeah, It's actually two extra base hits. Thank you very much. My, my, my apologies to uh, all the Bradley Zimmer uh, stands out there. I know one of our good friends in his bio for a while had Bradley Zimmer's a 30-30 guy, and if he means 30 singles and 30 walks, he's correct. 
Yeah, th- thirty singles and and thirty walks and then thirty strikeouts <laughs> and thirty stolen bases. The the the, the amazing four. Yeah, yeah. So I I mean, if they want to move on from him, that's fine. He's he's a he's he clearly has a major league role, and it's not a it's he not has, a high impact has, one. Yeah, he has a better role than a lot of the guys that we expected to have roles with this team that didn't work out because yeah. he's still. I mean, he is very good defensively in center field. And he can walk and steal a base, and he can pinch run. So, like, he's very useful to a team at the bottom of the roster on a good team. But he's not useful to get a bunch of plate appearances for a halfway decent to a bad before. Team. Before we get any deeper in this, because we were talking about payroll and Jose Ramirez and trading him, um, I will say one thing I do know. Um, I know I've heard, I've heard Zach say on, on multiple Selby's podcasts that. Jose Ramirez's camp is interested in extension. I don't think they're going to be taking much of a discount uh, because they know what he deserves and he knows that their the first contract was a low ball. Um, but I have he has said that he is interested, and I will say I have heard that um, the Indians have not approached him with any sort of deal. But it does sound like they do want to get something done. But the Indians have not gone down that path, I guess a minority owner could make that happen, which would be good for them. Um, maybe yeah, that's what the, my, so I know the Indians used the minority ownership with John Sherman to help out a little bit when they were making a run. Um, if the rumors are true with who the minority owner would be, he, his, his worth is much more significant than John Sherman's, so it might help the Indians. Maybe it could just be a, a load of shit. Um, but if it does work out, then you could probably see the Indians do an extension and sign a guy finally. Um, you don't know. You don't know what type of impact he's going to bring to the team until it happens, or if it even it does happen. So um, I do very much know that the Indians operate uh, that they want to give Cleveland a winner, and they want it to happen in Cleveland, but they also operate it like a business because there are very much owners like the uh, – Cohen's and all those guys of the world who say, well, if I throw money at the problem, maybe I can win. Um, that's not how the Indians operate. They're very much like we can't be in the red because we can't operate that way. Um, but people in this city have still yet to um, put two and two together. And the craziest part is, is Indians very much fly under the radar for how good their organizational staff and scouting development is. Uh barring the abilities and funds, basically, like the Dodgers of the world have. You know what I mean? Like, they still have one of the better models out there. They use science and numbers better almost than anybody. Um, They have a really good staff uh, that they've built. I know that we're in very much a world where baseball has kind of got rid of some scouts, but I think the Indians have done a really good job with their scouting department. There's a lot of guys in the minors that I like right now. So I know it's pretty weird for me to be super pro Indians organization, but like, I think they get just harped on a little too much, even for me. Yeah. I guess it depends on how you pay attention to things. Like I said, there's a lot of people who are like, and this is during the draft. It was so annoying to see this. And I, I shouldn't be going looking for it. Cause I know better. I've done this for a long time. <laughs> I know better, but like I've seen a lot of comments about one player, like like Gavin Williams, they're like, oh, well, enjoy him. He'll be gone in four years. They'll trade him for whatever because the Dolans are cheap. And I'm like, it's just 
I don't know. Like, like that's the whole thing I'm saying. Like with the Jose Ramirez, they're selling this year. It's like just assume because they've done it once that it's just going to continue to happen. Like, yeah. Also, you have all these people who are who are talking about how they they traded all these players away, but Corey Kluber's hurt. Not not that I'm saying that the Indians predict they'd be hurt, but they realize the probability of of how things go for pitching, especially. But like. No. Like Kluber's hurt, Clevenger's hurt. Uh, the guy that remember to play again, huh? Trevor Bauer never may play baseball again. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I mean, ugh, I don't want to go there. To be honest with you, I want to. I want to avoid going there. Uh, that's a that's a very sketchy topic, and I. I mean, if you keep getting admin leaves, I don't know who's going to touch you with a ten foot ball. Exactly, um, but like Carrasco, not, you know. I would say the Indians probably hedged their bets on those trades. They didn't say, like, oh, these guys are going to get hurt. We're trading them now. It was, here's how much money they make. There's a higher probability of them getting hurt because of age and the, and the amount of innings on them than you add in the stuff with Carrasco, unfortunately. <laughs> Excuse me. And I mean, did they did they really hedge their bets on those trades? Because I, I, was, I was talking with this with David the other day. Um, David's good friends, Justin and mine, through our group chat. But – if you go trade by trade, I mean, Trevor Bauer went to Cincinnati. I mean, he signed somewhere else. So he had obviously he had a side young year in Cincinnati, but he's not there anymore. They have Fran Mill Reyes, right? So awesome. That's a uh, cornerstone piece of this organization right now. You know, Corey Kluber pitched all of one inning for Texas. Then he went to, once again, another organization. Now he's hurt again. They have Classe. Um, I mean, Clevenger. even with this war. Even with these warts. Clevenger. So Clevenger, not to ever harp on an injury, but I was the first person. I told Justin this when I was watching Clevenger's first start when he pulled his back muscle. And Justin's like, is this going to be an ongoing theme with him? And I said, yes, because of his motion. Sure enough, he's been injured since that day. Mm-hmm. He has just been injured since that back injury. He's come back a couple times, but he's just been straight injured since that back injury. And I think that was like 2018. So, and Carl I mean, Carrasco has not pitched yet this year. It, Tonight was his first rehab start Thursday night. And so you have you have Gabriel Arias, you have Fran Mill Reyes, you have Classe, you have Andre Jimenez, you have uh, the outfielder Green. I can't remember. His name. Isaiah Green, yeah, Josh Wolf. Isaiah Green, they got Josh Wolf. So did the Indians really hedge their bet because all the guys they currently have aren't injured and not playing baseball and are actually contributing at either a major league level or a, a top rated prospect level? Well, I, I think the Indians actually. They, they were affected those trades. They did, but they were playing it safe. I mean, they, like I said, they they realized a how much money they make and b the higher probability of them being injured just due to circumstance of age and, and miles logged on those arms and the body type for Clevenger, as you mentioned. Like for all these people, who are like, oh, they traded all these guys away. Well, they're they're not doing anything for their current clubs right now. Like Trevor, no. I mean, they traded Trevor Bauer. He's not doing anything for his club. That's that was more of a, a personal stupid thing that he did, a horrible thing that he did. And then Kluber's hurt. Clevenger's hurt. Carrasco has been hurt. Like, they... If they kept those guys and they're on the I.L. at the prices they cost for the Indians, holy crap, are they screwed. Like, remember remember how bad it was when when Grady Sizemore and, and Travis Hafner and, and Nick Swisher, Michael Bourne, had all that money sitting on the injured list, how screwed oh. they were. And, I, I'm not, and I'm not saying, this is not an argument to say the Indians shouldn't spend money on older players. They, they If they're not going to, I don't know. I don't think any team wants to spend money on older players. That's why you're seeing the game go so young. I, but think, like, people, I, think, 
I know it's uh, it's not even it's not even very revisionist history, but it's kind of recent history. Edwin wasn't even bad here; he was pretty decent. Right, like, that worked out fine. Spend, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, if they were to probably throw money at Victor Martinez, if they were to, that would have worked out. He played great up until he's like 40 years old. Until his last so, like, year, yeah. Happen. Yeah, so like it, it can very much happen. They can very much do it. But they'd rather um, not have a ton of money tied up on injury risk players. They they realize that older players, especially pitchers, yeah. have a higher injury risk, and and the best predictor of injury is previous injury. So. You could complain and bitch and moan all you want about how they they traded all these guys away that you really liked, but the fact is they were smart moves. And again, I'm not saying I'm not saying they shouldn't spend money to keep certain guys. I'm just saying they made those decisions because they were trying to avoid the risk, and it worked out for them. Not in terms of maybe success right now, but it worked out considering that those guys are sunken costs to their team at the moment uh, for now. And the only guy I'll give anybody, and this is a perfect example why it's not a, oh, this this always works for the Indians. They didn't bring back Michael Brantley, and sure as shit, they should have. Yeah, uh, I mean, you're telling me that, you know, I th- what was his, I think his first contract was like 228 or whatever it was. I think he needed 14 to $16 million a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy has not stopped hitting 300 in Houston. Um and you know they kind of they kind of went the cheap route on there like oh injury risk. Um, his injury was a fluke injury right. uh, from diving for that ball against the Twins. And once he rehabbed and he was back, he was back for good. Uh, and he's been back ever since. So that one they definitely messed up. Um, I would say the only other player that notably I think the Indians should have uh, added the extra year onto the contract and kept was Jim Tomey, but that's all very much in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, besides that, I don't think the really Indians have missed heavily on re-signing their guys. Uh, Lindor's getting booed in New York uh, three times a week, so I mean, yeah. I mean, he'll, he in- he'll eventually get it together, but you know that is absolutely. Is. He's also signed for ten years. He better get it together. Yeah. So this wasn't. This is not a. I didn't plan to have a whole segment here. I'm strategy and and you know no, we're not sitting here carrying the water for anybody we're just sitting here saying that if you're not even even teams like hell the Dodgers they they obviously the Dodgers have a huge payroll but you look at the guys they're paying they're not they're not paying players who are going to spend a lot of time on the IL for them like yeah they have like David Price and Justin Turner those are older guys but David Price was hurt a little bit this year, but they, they're not spending money on players that are constantly no, they're hurt. Also just, they're also just like, I know they spend money and like, so do the Padres. But you know, what's the crazy thing about those two teams, which I, I kind of idolize about those teams. Not only do they spend money when they get higher attendance numbers, but they're also very good at scouting. They've drafted and got a ton of prospects on their own. Right. Like, so they've done both, and I kind of wish my team could do both, but they financially can't. But uh, the Padres are a perfect example of that. Not only will they pay Tatis Jr. and Machado, but they just keep drafting well. And then if they have an overload, kind of like what the Indians are actually having going on right now, they're probably going to just trade away a bunch of them and bring a major leaguer in, which is kind of where the Indians are sitting right now. Yeah, I, I don't foresee – a whole lot going on here in the second half. And and I know there's some like, oh, we should go for it. Like, no, 
I don't no. I don't think you go out. I mean, it depends. Like, yeah, you're not going to go after a Mitch Haniger. You're not going to go after a, I don't know, uh, any, any, like I saw, I saw MLB.com. This is hilarious. Right. MLB.com had a, uh, like a try. Nine players who are who are going to be traded at the deadline and are in, to watch right now. And I forget who the two one two were, but one was oh one was um, oh it was a shortstop. I can't remember who the shortstop was. Um, I have to go find the circle. The one was Jesus Aguilar. It made me laugh. I'm like the Indians are not <laughs> the Indians are not trading for Jesus Aguilar. Like like um, they have Bobby Bradley. I'm not saying Bobby Bradley is gonna. Um, it's not. It's not going to be. I'm not saying he's going to be the answer, but it's just hilarious to me they're saying that because they. I mean, if they if they were, if they were even to trade for Mitch Haniger, um, it doesn't it, make sense. My thing with it doesn't make sense the way the timetable set up. He's 32 next year. The other player, hang on, was. Javier Baez. The Indians are not trading for Javier Baez. Oh, what? If they trade for Javier Baez. I tell you what. If they have if they have Javier Baez and Bradley Zimmer in the same lineup, oh. the two polar of the two polar opposites of each other, I won't watch the baseball game. I'm not going to watch someone swing at the first pitch in every uh. at bat and watch one guy not take the bat off his shoulders. Oof, yeah, it's just ugly. The Indians are not trading for either of those guys. I don't know who wrote that, nope. but holy cow! Talk about a. Uh, misreading the market. Indians, if the Indians are uh, predominantly, uh, you know, let's say they get a minority owner and, you know, the 40-man crunch is coming up, if they want to get rid of everybody, I mean, go ahead and go ahead and get Chris Bryant. I love Chris Bryant as a human being, as a player, everything else. It's a pipe dream. It would never happen. But, um, Where's he going to play? I guess he's going to play hey, outfield. I would just say, hey, here's seven of our 27 shortstops. Um, <laughs> do, what you, do what you want with them, and yeah. uh, we'll take Chris Bryant. Like yeah, they they definitely are going to consolidate. I I think the only way they make a move is, yeah, you trade. I don't know, Rokio or Tina or they have to. Uh, I mean, not, I want to see a lot of these. I want to see a lot of these guys, but like they have to, man. You can't just like let a lot of this very very good talent just go straight in the forty man uh, rule five, five, right? Man. So that's the only way, and I I don't even know if they're going to be able to. Like I'm not sure what they'll try to do. I think you'll see some moves where they trade some of these guys who have to be put on the 40 by the end of the year and they trade them for like a 19-year-old to kind of kick the can down the road. Um, I think you'll see a couple of those. This doesn't, doesn't, doesn't seem like a very good beneficial plan to them because they're just elongating their timetable if those are your top prospects. Uh, you might as well trade your top prospects for being closer to the window than having the window be further back. I'm not saying top prospects. I, I mean, if they if they try to do anything like a Brian Reynolds, and for the record, I don't think Brian Reynolds is getting traded. Um, it would take an awful lot. I don't see the Indians doing it, but and I, I don't know who else is out there. I really don't. It's, it's I mean, Kettle Marte's hurt, and I think he's... I mean, I, I think the Diamondbacks would love to trade him because they're in a horrible way this year because they're hurt and they, they stink. But um, <clears throat> I would I would love to have him. Agreed, agreed. He's extremely affordable. He fits con- contract wise. He fits in with the uh, Indians model. But um, and he's very much. I don't know if it, <laughs> I know this sounds crazy, especially this year. I don't know if you guys watch a lot of Diamondback games. I have a friend who's a 
uh, lives in Arizona, big Diamondbacks fan, and he says he's the most fun player on the team. So I, uh, I uh, not, only is, not only is he very good, but he's very fun. Yeah, I, I would like to have him. I think he's hurt. I think the Diamondbacks love to trade him because they're in a bad way this year. But uh, I can't believe I can't believe I can't believe Seattle got rid of him. Yeah, that was the uh, Taiwan Walker deal. Now Taiwan Walker is an all star for the Mets. By the way, great for Taiwan Walker, right? Like this guy was always hurt. I know, right? And uh, that's that was I was actually watching the All Star game, and I was thinking that, and I'm like, you know, long journey for this guy. And then immediately I thought, man, that guy in Seattle just loves to trade away good players. Yeah, well, that's been a couple of guys for sure. Um, he's solid. He's he's a trading machine. I can't remember what's the guy for the Mariners. Name? Right now it's Jerry Depoto, but I don't think Jerry Depoto was the one that yeah. traded him. Jared, oh. Jared, it was. Taylor, uh, I know his name. Jackson Zanursik or Zanurik was the yeah, last GM. So, um, yeah, I don't know what they'll do, but it makes more sense to like to trade. Like, oh, maybe you have Rishi Palacios, or I mean, he's having a great year, so I'm not even sure it's a good example. But like Alex Call, nobody has any idea what Alex Call is right now. Like the Indians might, but like, let's say that. Like, Let's say that he's got to be rostered by the end of the year, and the Indians are like, well, we don't really know, but maybe some other team likes him. And you flip him to the Mariners. Well, I guess the Mariners don't need outfielders. Whatever. But you get my point. That You flip him to the Pirates. And- the Indians need outfielders. And my right. problem with the Indians model, my biggest problem with the Indians model is all of their outfielders, besides Will Benson, are a carbon copy of each other. Like, do you know if this guy's actually going to be good at the major league level, or is he a fourth outfielder? They've had 900 of those since I've watched baseball. Well, um, they've moved guys like Rishi Palacios to the outfield, and that could work. Yeah, but that's – I mean, you got to change positions, and he has to get comfortable out there, um, which is fine. Like, I'm down for that. But, I mean, just talking their natural outfielders they have, I mean, Alex calls very much, am I wrong? Like, you, you call him up, you're like, is this guy going to be a dude, or is he going to be a fourth outfielder who can't hit worse shit again? Probably. But, like, okay, let's say the Indians – This is, he's just an example. There are other – other guys who make more sense, but off the top of my head, I'm saying, like, if you're not sure what he is and you trade him to the Pirates and you get a 19-year-old, like, that's what I'm saying you do. I'm not saying you trade Tyler Freeman or Nolan Jones because we're not Nolan Jones starting no, at 40. But- not. Those old, and I'm not down for trading. I mean, on my no trade list as the uh, G- GM scenario here in this podcast, Nolan Jones, Tyler Freeman – and Georgie are not now. Yes, I call him Georgie. That is my son right now. Oppo home run last night or two nights ago. Just beautiful. With the bat Those off. three guys are. The, oh my god, just <laughs> gorgeous. God, I wish he was like twenty two in like AAA right now, so I could actually just buy my full season ticket package. <laughs> Waiting for a good um, outfielder. I'm not trading Daniel Espino either. No, absolutely not. Oh my God! Ninety nine up in the zone, making look hitters look silly. Yeah. Um, at, at age yeah, so those, I, 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 as as GM, I've rethought it. Those four are off my list. <laughs> uh, you cannot touch them. Um, I mean, does Gabriel Arias? Am I saying Arias right or is it Arias? It's Arias. I thought it was Arias. Arias. Does he really have a spot? Like I said, they're they're crowded with middle infielders. Um, Still strikes out a lot. Like, I, and I like yes, him. I like the town, but he and takes I, out and a lot. I like him a lot, too, but he's very much, I feel like, someone who might not fit into the organizational plans. Um, that very much could be a piece and a package for somebody else. I would rather um, I'd rather move a Med Rosario and see Gabriel Arias, to be honest. Like, Med Rosario had one good month, and he kind of went back to who he is. Yeah, but also at the same time, like we said, Arias has not kind of 
had the best. I, well, no, but you also got to see more of Andre Simenez too. So, but I know he's hurt right yeah, now. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Jimenez had the best like one week of all time in AAA, but uh, I mean, he's been hurt since. I don't. I, yeah, that's just the way yeah. the Indian season is gone, right? Like, but he's. I mean, like it. I mean, worst comes to shove with him. I mean, he is really good at defensively, so. Yeah, so I mean, I, I don't know who they're going to trade, but I'm saying like they might trade some of these fringe forty man guys and trade them for a nineteen year old and and push the decision down the road. I don't know that they're going to find a whole lot out there uh, to make a big league impact. Like I said, I think it's going to take a lot to get Brian Reynolds and. Um, I do think that out of any year that they could get away with giving prospects and even you know like kind of like a higher up you know pitching prospect double a triple a with how many pitchers they have drafted and how many guys are pitching awesome in single a you very much could get away with a package of uh like a double a pitcher um a couple short stops and an outfielder and you're not going to get brian reynolds back but you can get you know maybe a little bit of an older piece and try to make this team good next year uh, obviously, it's not like going to be like a five-year plan because like Brian Reynolds is 26, but if you trade for like a 28 to 30-year-old and try to get two years out of them, you'll probably trade some of those guys and get a major league talent back. I don't know who it could be, but that's very much a hypothetical scenario. You don't know who's going to be out there. Maybe there's a team that actually has a crowded outfielder or a crowded infield who's trying to get rid of a guy. We don't even know about it. Yeah, I, I, I'm not trading. Brian Reynolds is, is a nice player. I don't want to make this all about Brian Reynolds, but like that's the guy that gets mentioned the most. But I'm not. He's really good. He's a good player, but is he a guy that you're like, we have to have this guy as a centerpiece to our team for the next five or six years? So we're going to trade. Be the I don't think. No. Right. Yeah, exactly. So you're, are you trading? It's going to take. It's probably going to take an Espino. It's probably going to take or McKenzie. And I, well, McKenzie, I don't know. I, I'm not sure. I would. But like you're probably talking. That's a tough call. Like, like two, I, two I or three top ten prospects. Yeah, like, but we so hold on. Wait a minute. So we say this all the time about people who get traded, and it's like, oh man, it's going to take at least three top ten prospects. Ends up being like two six twenty and forty two. Well, those trades always. It's well, yeah, it depends on your definition of a top ten prospect. But look, the the Pirates GM Ben Sherrington's no dummy. He's he's not taken. Uh, five of your, you know, prospects that are probably like 20 through 30 or 10 through 20, you know, you're talking, you're talking to Brian Brocchio, you're talking yeah, to Daniel Spino. The Indians organizational depth has got better over the years. So there's guys in the tens to twenties who are top 10 prospects in other teams organizations. I will say the pirates, the pirates are collecting a lot of teenage prospects that are like at low A and high A right now. So there is there is a potential ma- 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 uh, match there, like Angel and Angel Martinez, um, some other guys that are that are you know Alexa Planez, uh, uh-huh. some other arms. Like there there are there there might be a match there just with the way the Pirates are stacking prospects, the way they they how the, who they've targeted. But I just, I just don't know. Like I don't know if I want to trade an Angel Martinez and a Daniel Espino for Brian Reynolds. If I'm if I'm making that kind of move. I feel like I want someone who's more like a. I know I know Brian Reynolds made the All Star team, but like, 
When he plays center, he's 26, and his OPS plus is 147, my guy. And he's not fitting the timetable for how bad the Pirates pitching is right now. Like, the Pirates aren't getting good anytime soon. Right. Does he – Does he, is he a kind of guy you – is he the kind of guy you are comfortable trading those kind of prospects yeah, for? Think, like, is he, is he a yeah, centerpiece? I do. Yeah, because Indians don't have never had a good center fielder for a long time, probably since Grady. Um, they need that. Uh, a good right-handed bat. Um, he, once again, he's 26. He's actually he's a switch hitter, by the way. Oh, so, so, so this one said right. I don't know why this yeah. lied to me. Switch hitter, even better. Uh, like I said, OPS plus 147 this year. His other full season, he was at 129. His on-base percentage is almost 400 in both those full seasons. I mean, yeah, and this is doing it with the Pirates, man. Like, I can only imagine those numbers probably going up on better teams. Um, strikeout rates, decently lower, not crazy high. Yeah, I mean, he's just, he seems like an overall just really good baseball player. Do you, uh, do you trust Do you trust what he's going to be the next few years? Like, okay, so 2019 he was a rookie, and he had a 130 WRC+. plus. This year, 146. Do you feel like that's exactly who he is for the next five years? Even if he's not, if he's if he's above 100, that's better than what the Indians have thrown out there for four or five years. Like, okay, I'm, I'm looking at right now, I'm looking at, uh, and, the, and I guess some of this is 2020 baked in, unfortunately, because he had a terrible 2020, but you can throw that out the window for a lot of guys. Yeah, you can throw that out the The projections yeah. for him aren't, like, great. Like, we're talking, like, a guy who's a 15 to 20 home run hitter at his best, doesn't steal bases, and... Um, you know, isn't a, isn't a great defender in center. Like he's not a good defensive center fielder. Negative five defensive runs saved. A negative nine point two. Um, but, but yeah, which is, I mean, yeah, I think it's kind of like playing a little bit of the double advocates. This is like saying, hey, all these things that Bradley Zimmer is good at is what Brian Reynolds is bad at. But everything Brian Reynolds is really good at. Bradley Zimmer and every other carbon copy of Bradley Zimmer have been bad at for the Indians for the last four years. So what are you choosing here? Because it hasn't worked for the, uh, I mean, besides the first half of Oscar Mercado that one year, it hasn't worked for basically everybody they've thrown out there. It hasn't, but I'm just saying, like, like Brian Reynolds in general, I'm just saying, like, I, I don't feel comfortable trading a Daniel Espino or Brian Rocchio in a package together for a guy I don't that... Think it, I don't think that in the... Uh, well, it depends on what drink you have. I he's got... Dude, he's got a lot of club control left. And like you said, he's 26, a switch hitter. He's not going to be cheap. Um, yeah, I, well, I don't think he's still going to cost your one and two prospects at the same time. I really don't. Yeah, but like, okay. He's a 20 home run hitter probably. He doesn't right. steal bases and he's not a great defender. So like, you're basically getting a guy who's... Like, if he was a great defender, like, if it, we're, talking, we're talking, like, a Byron Bucks in defense and center, and he hits 15 home runs, like, and steals 15 bases, is a He'd great be def- even more expensive. He would be, but I, <laughs> but at that point, I'd, I'd be more willing to make the move because you're getting a lot of the skills. Have, the, way the, the way the Indians operate, they're going to always have to trade for something with a ward. They can't trade for, basically, Byron Bucks in the Mike. Right, but I'm sorry, but Brian Reynolds has some warts, and... I'm not trading two top 15 prospects for a guy with those kind of warts. Like, I'd rather build a package around those guys for a, a 15 home run hitter. I don't know. I don't know. Exactly. Like, there's not – you're not. You're talking about an all-star here. There's not a ton of those guys. Okay, but 
you're you're basically eating because you're bored here. Like you're not eating because you're hungry. You're eating because you're bored because you're trading you're not for not eating because you're bored. You're eating because your team is in the bottom five in offensive talent, and you're looking for offensive talent, which you have never had in outfield besides Grady Sizemore and Michael Brantley. Okay, you just never had. It. Right, but you're settling for an outfielder who is good because you're you know you've got ramen noodles right now for for your outfield, and you want freaking filet mignon, but you're settling for. Uh, I don't know. I'm flank steak because flank steak's better than than <laughs> than, than ramen noodles. Like Brian Reynolds is fine. Flank steak is good. He makes great uh, great fajitas and other stuff. But if I'm trading, if I'm trading Daniel Spino or I'm trading Fine Rocchio, I want filet mignon. I don't want a flank steak. And I'm not. No, and I'm not taking a flank steak just because I have ramen noodles. I'm either. I'm either going the full way on someone really good like Kevin Marte, or I'm not going to cash in my chips. You know, and I don't, and I don't disagree. I, I'm glad you finally have mentioned someone because there's not like you don't. And when you make these type of trades, when you're discussing like top top prospects, you have a very narrow list of very good baseball players to choose from. But like with it being an organizational flaw for a long time, you, you kind of have to fix the wart from the outside in. And, like, if you can't trade for a Marte, you have to choose an X-Bex option. And if you have to walk away from the table because it's too expensive, I understand. Mm-hmm. But if, it's, if it ends up not being too expensive, I say you pull the trigger. Like, if you say, okay, you know, we ended up not trading these guys that we wanted to trade and we were able to get away with it, like, with, like, a 3 and a 7 and a 15. And he plays three good years in center field, but then someone ends up being good for the Pirates. Man, so be it, man. I mean, you can't just say, well, I would rather watch Josh Naylor, Bradley Zimmer, and Eddie Rosario play 140 games a year uh, and have, like, a combined OPS of 100. Like, you don't want to watch that. And I don't know, you don't want to watch that baseball. I don't want to watch that type of baseball. Right. They have to fix their offensive issues. And there's a couple couple handful of guys in the organization that very much can help this team fix those – but as you and I well know, their foundation is their pitching and their pitching development. It has never – we talked about this two weeks ago. It has never been their offensive development. Like, the Jim Tomey, Manny Ramirez days are long behind us. Yeah, those I, – I don't know who scouted a lot of those guys back then, but I, th- I think hitting – I think scouting hitters is a lot harder now than it used to be because – Oh, it 100% is. It 100, but they're missing constant – I mean, yeah. I, I don't even – I don't even want to go into second round, a third round, and fourth round picks, but like their first round picks stink. <laughs> like besides Francisco Lindor, offensively they stink. Uh, yeah, Tyler Naquin was a first round pick, man, and ugh. he's he's had a good solid career. career. He's right. still a, he's still a fourth outfielder, and he's a first round pick. I mean, but it, okay, so you look at yeah, you're right. This isn't new. Look at the best outfielders they've had over the last. Decade like Grady Sizemore, Michael Brantley, and Grady Sizemore, right? And those guys came in trades, right? Right. You traded, that's and, what I'm, and that's what I'm saying. But yeah. like you got, and the thing was, is, was Grady Sizemore the prime part of that package? He wasn't, was he? <sighs> it, it's hard to say really who was. I, I think Michael Brantley was the player to be named later, so like, was, they really got lucky. No, no, they did not. Michael Brantley was only a player to be named later. Because you've you've heard this before, you know the story. Yeah, but like, they didn't, there's no they way. Got, no, they got lucky because the Brewers made the playoffs. They agreed with the Brewers 
this Mark Shapiro has told the story, but no, the ex ex Brewers GM told the story. It was down to um, God, what was that third baseman's name? I can't remember his name on top. My, he's a scout for them now. He tore, he tore uh, Taylor Green. So it was Taylor, it was Taylor Green or Michael Brantley, and the agreement was the Indians got Michael Brantley if the Brewers made the playoffs, and if they didn't, right. they got Taylor Green. Well, the Brewers made the playoffs, right. and, and the guy they wanted was Michael Brantley. I very much, I very much remember all of that, but I also remember Michael Brantley's scouting report. I even remember his first season, and Tom Hamilton literally joking every time, like, oh, this Pope and Judy hitter slap single guy, that's probably just going to be one of those type of hitters. It's not very much what Michael Brantley turned into. Like, he got a lot of extra base hits, he found a little bit of power. Um, and he found a way to get on base. So when he came up, yeah. they're like, they're like, this guy's, they're like, this guy's going to hit 270 and he's going to hit a bunch of singles. So basically, they said he's going to be a better Bradley Zimmer. No one expected the player to be named later. When how old was he when he got traded? Like 20? Yeah, I mean, Grady Sizemore yeah. had almost no power in the minors when he got traded. Like he, he did Lindor. Right, that's what I'm saying. Power, power is not often developed in the minor leagues. It's very special. If they have a pot like you know a Miguel Sano or uh, Giancarlo Stanton or um, Bobby Bradley, like that, that is prodigious power in the minors. You don't have that. Like, shoot, even Jose Ramirez didn't hit for power in the minors. So, um, and he was just because he was young. But yeah, that's not that's not one of those tools that you see presently. Those are tools you project. So, um, but yeah, they, there's so much. I mean, Sin Tzu Chu trade. Right, they traded for him. Yeah. Um. But yeah, their best outfielders have been through trades, and I mean, I guess Framel Reyes is a DH, but Framel Reyes is in that bucket. Um. And this is part of why they took eighteen pitchers because they have a lot of pitching. They'll make some trades. They'll figure it out. Um. They'll find and they, and they, and because they have a lot of teenage hitters from the international class, so. Um, that's that's if you didn't already listen to this uh, the draft podcast, go back and listen to that. Um, we're almost in an hour here, buddy. Um, yeah, I mean, I just I just want to end it on, and I'm not sitting there. I very much agree with you. Brian Reynolds is uh, uh, not a five tool uh, perfect outfitter player, um, but the Indians very much. I mean, Nolan Jones is going to be good, and uh, Valverde is going to be really good. Um, but their timetables don't really match with. I mean, Nolan Jones will be up here next year, but like George in what Lake County right now, right? Yeah, he's twenty years old. Yeah, he's got three years, two years, at least two three, years. Yeah, they're not. They're, yeah, they're so, not that aggressive with hitting. Exactly. So besides those two, who in this organization? Hopefully, you can just keep hoping Harold Ramirez just ends up somehow being a better player than he actually is. I'm I'm very much on that same boat, but maybe he's not. Uh, if you if Harold Ramirez falls back to earth, what do you have to rely on besides signing thirty five year old outfielders? Yeah, I mean, Alex Paul, I would Bradley Zimmers, Oscar Mercados. I would also say, if you don't make a trade this season, think of you get to the winter, and then God only knows what's going to happen with the um, the CBA, and if there's going to be a normal off season, but. Um, I hope there is for I could make sake. it even worse. I would trade if, if you know that you might not know what the hell is happening. I'd make the move now. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. Um, but I would just say that if you get to the off season, you potentially have 
more trade partners. Like there might be more more teams out there that are looking to do stuff with their guys, and um, you're not just like, oh, we have to get Brian Reynolds because the Pirates are one of the few teams that are selling, and we need an outfielder because our outfield's terrible, so we're going to settle for Brian Reynolds. But no, yeah, and this doesn't even go directly to Brian Reynolds. If there's all any type of outfielder, even if they do have a flaw in their baseball game, if they can hit the baseball and force this team to score runs, which is what they're wor- literally worst at right now, this is the biggest problem on this team, then I say, you know, with the 40-man crunch going on, that you might as well pull the trigger if the deal is right. I'm not saying trade for top 10 prospects unless you're trading for Mike Trout. But I do say you kind of just do the give and take and say, damn, this hurts to trade this guy. But, like, we really need someone to hit this baseball right now. You <laughs> yeah. can't. I mean, you just – dude, just – the six through nine and then who's in AAA right now, it's not getting anybody to watch or go to these baseball games. And it's – I mean, it's kind of particularly painful for me, and I watch every single game. Right. All right. So – what do you what do you think to do the trading deadline and what do you want to see in the second half? And also, uh, I should have brought this up earlier, but I, I saw a friend of the podcast and friend of the site, former writer at IBI, um, Michael Hattery, talk about trading James Karinchak, and I would totally explore that because his value is sky high right now and uh-huh. he like Clevenger, he has a very volatile delivery and yep. Uh, relievers are volatile. He's volatile in general. Um, I, he crosses, he crosses he, up Roberto Perez one more time. He won't have a pitching arm. Oh, yeah. I want to talk about that. I, so I was at that game. I was at that, uh, <laughs> not, not the first time, but oh my God. Yes. The the first game Roberto Perez is back in Cleveland, the uh, <laughs> last Thursday. He did it again. He threw a curveball, and Perez is expecting a fastball, and Perez still caught it. And the next pitch, Perez goes out to the mound. And he's like, are the you death are stare. you freaking kidding me, dude? Like, the, I just came back. The death stare that Roberto Perez Oh, he did. I felt it in my soul. <laughs> just, oh, um, yeah, you're right. If, if, if he does that to Roberto Perez again, he will not have a right arm to pitch with. And also, I got I to gotta ask. I, I know when runners on second, you go through a very much more complicated sign. I'm not, I'm not saying, like, right. but you have two pitches. It's not like you're Aaron Savali where you have five pitches. You have two to look for. So coming from a guy who pitched, all you did was change the sequence. So if right. your pitch was actually if your pitch was actually the second one called, you just change it to the fourth one called or the third one called. It's really not that difficult. All you say is, okay, man, when there's a guy in second, instead of us doing the first pitch, we're gonna do the third pitch. And that's learned in like February. Right, you're 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 just changing the sequence. Which which t- which sign is the one you're going with? It which which cadence is it? Is it the third sign, the fifth sign, the sixth sign? And you're only so easy. You're only flashing. So yeah, you're, I wouldn't say it's so easy, but I mean, when you only have two pitches, it's, it's very it's much simpler. I mean, it used to be like even when we used to run. Uh, plays in high school, which some of them were super corny, but like you knew exactly what color when the coach was calling, you knew exactly what sign when touching the hat. Cadences for numbers when catchers are throwing numbers down, all you have to do is pay attention. 
It's it's for ten seconds, right? And it's for one inning. It is this in the entire game, and you don't have a guy in second. Like you're pitching an inning, right? So it's just it's amazing to me that with two pitches that he has done that twice now. How hard is that to remember? That's just lack of focus. Unreal, unreal, um, unreal to me. I so I would explore trading Karen Shack, but other than okay, so other than that, uh, that that aside, what do you think they're going to do with the trade deadline, and what what do you want to see at the second half? I, I mean, I very much. If Rosario's not traded, uh, I mean. I don't know. We'll Who see wants him? Again, but I, Who wants him? That's what I mean. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. Um, <laughs> I think you're kind of just stuck with him. Uh, Cesar's hit enough home runs that someone will probably take him uh, if they have a really bad second baseman. Yeah. Like, uh, the, I think Milwaukee has a really bad second baseman right now. So Milwaukee no, they have Colton Wong. Uh, do they? Uh, pretty sure. Who's the? Uh, oh, Ke- I'm just. I'm Keston just, here is their first baseman. He's been up and down. Oh, okay, that's what they're saying with the first base. Gotcha. Yeah. So play second base. He's stunk this year. Yeah, I mean St. Louis. Maybe Tommy Edmonds not having a great year. Um, okay. uh, I didn't know that. Uh, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of teams out there that need a second believe, baseman. To be honest with you, cannot believe for how much baseball I watch and how much I gamble. That I did not know Colton Wong's on. <laughs> uh, well, to be fair, I don't think he's having a great season. Um, he was having a good start to the year. I only know that because I picked up on my fast team for like free in like the second week. That's but. how I knew. I, that's how I knew uh, their first baseman is really bad because I did literally cut him, and he was like a third round pick for me. But uh, yeah, so there's teams out there that very much probably have bad second base play that will take. Cesar, I think Cesar is very much getting traded. Um, Eddie, if some team decides to be um, stupid, uh, or they have an or they have an injury and they think, well, he might rebound here. I, I mean, like, you're not going to get a lot for these guys. You're probably going to get like a couple. Yeah, I, can see, I can see them. I can see them trading for project pitching depth to put some veteran uh, in that. I mean, I don't even know who it is. I'm not going to a specific person, but I can see them taking like a guy who has like a mid four five ERA that's a pitcher that can eat innings uh, that they might try a little reclaim project on while guys are getting healthy. So, and just trade like, or you're, get, you're getting a teenager who you know nothing about. Yeah. yeah so exactly, exactly. One of those type of trades. Um, I, I don't, I don't know where it comes from. I don't think they get out of the trade deadline without getting someone that goes in this lineup. If they don't, they have to do it in the winter. There's no way they make it through this trade deadline in the winter without improving the lineup, not internally. They're going to have to do something externally to improve this lineup. They can't go into the next season being 25th in batting average, 27th in runs, like 30th in on-base percentage. They can't. They're mm-hmm. not going to survive that way. So, okay, those two trades, What anything else you want to see in the second half? What are you looking for? I, I so I just uh, I would say health first of all. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I just like I mean, those it's crazy. Those pitchers are really good, and I like watching them pitch. So I want to see them healthy, and I want to um, see them pitch. By the way, um, Shane Bieber. Okay, Shane Bieber has not thrown a ball since what the end of May, early June. I, can't. I know. I don't want to talk. And about okay, and he is still the leading. Um, Oh, we're talking about the strikeouts. I talk about how he is still <laughs> not picked the baseball. No, he's still not picked the baseball. That's not good. No, but he. So nobody has passed him on the team in strikeouts. He still has 130, and he still has the highest um, Fangraphs war of any pitcher on the team, too. That's yeah, and he's second. He's second in the AL in strikeouts. Ben Garrett Cole, and he hasn't pitched since Vietnam. Oh, uh, so. that's sad. So yeah, 
Okay, so health. Pace for 300. He's on pace for a mid 300s amounts of strikeouts, which is insane. So you you want to see health? I mean, we all do. What else? Anything else? I mean, for, so that's uh, health correlates exactly to seeing two, three hundred more at bats of Framo Reyes. Very much fun uh, with capital F. Uh, so Framo Reyes, I love watching. Um, get your last glimmer to see if Roberto Perez can ever dig himself out of the tunnel of 2018 uh, or 19, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, he just hasn't really done anything offensively. He's still a great defensive catcher, but mm-hmm. uh, Bo Naylor, uh, to my wrong doing of how bad his K percentage was, has picked it up in double A. So he'll be on his heels here shortly. Um, try to think of what else. Um, Jose to finish off, you know, probably another top five, top 10 MVP. Um, say I want to see Nick Sandlin pitch as much as possible. Yeah, he's been uh, fun. Yeah, I, I would say just trying to. I would say trying to get answers. I think that's the summarization mm-hmm. of this team right now. Uh, getting answers. Uh, if I had to not go optimistic on like I did early on in the show, I don't think there's a lot of answers uh, in some of these guys right now. I think a lot of these guys are not long term options on this ball club. So that's just my take on it. If there's somebody else thinks they have tools that can do it, I don't see it. But at least we're going to get to see them watch them play. Um, <laughs> I don't. Think, I don't think they're destined for this uh, a long term uh, uh, arbitration case with this team or whatever you want to call it. Whatever that guy was like. Oh, we got to worry about their arbitration seven years down. The- oh, Daniel Johnson. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oh, Seven yeah. years down the road at a 34-year-old season. Very worried about a fourth outfielder who is really yeah, playing. Yeah, yeah. That's, <clears throat> that's yeah, exactly, exactly. worried about. Yeah, one, one of those ordeals. So, uh, I don't think a lot of these guys are destined for this team. So, um, yeah. But at least we're going to get a look at them. And if they prove me wrong, I, I'm i very much a person to say I will be wrong. Um, you can look at Logan Allen for prime example of that. So, Well, hey, you, you, again, you, you – you're getting answers. You're still fighting out. Okay, maybe this guy isn't it. You know. It, so the worst part about those answers, and this is where I, <clears> I'm <throat> not trying to get optimistic. It, you could. It's like answering on a on a scantron. You can answer the question if you circle something in. You could just get it completely wrong. And I feel like a lot of these guys currently are a lot of quadruple A players and not major league talent. And we circled a lot of answers wrong, and we're gonna have to wait for some of the better prospects to come up. Right? I don't think this, you... I don't think this batch of I don't think this batch of cookies is uh, the D one. <laughs> I don't think it is either. No, uh, but I mean it's it's better in the long run as far as um, what you know with the forty man roster issue coming up in the winter. Like I'd rather know. Okay, Logan Allen's a guy we can. Hundred percent. Yeah, you can you can move on from Logan Allen. You can move on from. Uh, uh, a Nick Whitgren or uh, uh, Bradley Zimmer, like he can be like, all right, these guys should not occupy a forty-man spot. Now we know that, and now we have room to add right. this guy that we didn't have room for before. Um, I would say for the second half, I think they're already a young team. Honestly, I I kind of want to see them get younger. Like I'm not sure. I know they need veterans. I know they need innings. Like. I don't know. Do whatever with Brian Shaw. Like, if some team wants Brian Shaw, I'd trade him. Um, if he if he wants to be traded, I guess you got to ask him first because he's comfortable here and he's a veteran. And I would ask him first. But maybe maybe, so maybe you we, need him around to guide a Nick Sandlin and a James Karen Shack and a Mango Classe. So there's value in keeping him around, maybe. But um, 
I, I'm not sure I want to see Blake Parker throw 25 innings in the second half. Like, I'd rather see those right, innings go right. to Trevor Steffen or um, I know Justin Garz is not like really a prospect, but like I'd rather I'd rather just see like other relievers get called up, like a Nick Mikolajak. I know that's not going to happen, but yeah, I want him. To, I want to see him. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure I want to see Blake Parker take a so innings. I, I, yeah, only. Uh, the only problem issue that you run into when you say we want to go from young to even younger is you're going to go from even and like they're probably could end up being good baseball players, but you're going to go from more frustrating baseball to even more frustrating baseball because mm-hmm. it's just the immaturity in the inexperience factor. So like you're like, hey, there's a four pitch walk or hey, he booted a ball at third base and they lost three to two. Like that just happens when your team is super goddamn young. So you're going to run into even more frustrating baseball games. So sometimes it's really hard to watch. Yeah. Um. So I think you just have to form some sense of a roster. You also have to think of it this way. Like if you do go super young, you're always running into diehards and people who pay attention to every little thing like you and me compared to the casual baseball fan. Um, the casual baseball fans not dropping $27 in the bleachers to watch uh, Oscar Mercado go 0 for 4. So uh, that's my always my biggest issue with the team is they don't market themselves well within the ownership program the way that the team has gone past the last 30 years. Some of not to their own doing. So if you decide to go fully young – you and I'd be here for it, but everybody else wouldn't be here for it. Yeah, well, the good thing is they don't really worry about that kind of. I mean, they have to with the fans because I know they have to. A- they have to operate without being in the red, and you're probably going to go more into the red in August and September. No, but I mean they're they're still looking big picture no matter what, and that's the important thing is because they have to look big picture because um, otherwise they make poor decisions like hanging on to to Corey Kluber and. And uh, oh, Mike Clevenger yeah, and Carlos Carrasco. Uh, as, 100%. As unpopular as it was long-term, it would have been a disaster, just like, you know, other stuff that happened. They do now. need to find – They need to, and they, there's not a perfect answer to it right now. They need to find a way to be popular within the casual fan and also making smart decisions. And they have not figured out how to balance that out yet because they have they, – they do very much have the uh, the scouting and development down to build good baseball teams, but they have not built – the trust within a casual baseball fan um, because a lot of their favorite players do not play for this team anymore. Yeah, well, so. I mean, you still have Fran Mel, you still have Jose Ramiro. I think those are two marketable guys. And yeah, um, so. Bobby Bradley has is a little bit popular. I'm excited to see what he can do in the second half. I think that, uh, I, I don't know. He, I don't know if he's a 913 OPS guy going forward, but I could buy, right. I could buy 840. And I yeah, thought. Yeah, we were, we were up there. I think wrong on him. Kind of. uh, I mean, a thirty percent strikeout rate, a ten percent walk rate. If he holds that, yeah. But we also said that him and Jake Bowers are the same player in just different aspects. Not Jake Bowers. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, okay, Jake Bowers. There, and and funny thing is, this evened out real fast. So Jake Bowers had one hundred and thirteen plate appearances and had a five fifty seven OPS, and yet Bobby Bradley has nine thirteen and one hundred nineteen plate appearances. Wrong. Definitely wrong on that. Uh, we'll see if it holds up long term, but um, definitely more interested to see what he does um, long term. So, and yeah, I want to see them get healthy. I want to see them dump Rosario and Hernandez. I want to see Owen Miller get a second shot. Um, yeah, 
That's about it. I mean, Daniel yeah, Johnson. We're floating, out, we're floating out no man's land and waiting for the other pieces to arrive and see what type of veterans and ownership and team names. We're kind of just sitting in the middle of the movie right now, so I really don't have a definitive answer for you. Yeah, it would be great. It would be great to see them find an outfielder they could put. I mean, I don't know who it is. I don't Again, Brian Reynolds, whatever. But um, I would like to see them go that route. But I, I do want to see them clear up some dead roster space for sure whether that's in the form of a trade or, or just cutting some yeah. guys. We'll see. Um, I mean, we're just talking pipe dreams. I, I, love I tell you what, I don't want to see in the second half. Like I said, I don't want to see Blake. I mean, Blake Parker's fine. He's pitched okay, but I don't want to see Blake Parker. I don't I I don't want to see Logan Allen, but I also would like to see more hits from him just so he can either, you know, shit or get off the pot. I would like to. I would like to see Logan T. Allen. Um, uh, yeah, well, we have to go to Akron for that guy. Um, <laughs> hey, I live. With I know, buddy. I know. Um, I would like to see more. I would like to see less. Less Sam Henches uh, the rest of the year. I like to see him. You said that in his first pitch of the year. <laughs> yeah, and, and he has an eight twenty three ERA and a, and a six fifty seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, no, you're fine. I totally agree. Yeah, I, I would like to see him spend a lot of time getting to familiar with Columbus. In that area, uh, maybe you're, maybe you're, JC Mejia your too. Boy Zach, your boy Zach and TJ think he's going to be a great reliever. Yeah, I don't see it. I I have not. <laughs> I have I have never seen it with Sam Henches. Like I I get that he's a big lefty that throws hard, but the fastball is flat as hell. Yeah, um, that's that's my Bradley Zimmer. Yeah, it's a flat fastball. Even though it's ninety seven or it's ninety five, it's flat. Doesn't command the secondary stuff enough, and um, I I don't see like everyone's like oh. Six foot seven, left hander. He's Andrew Miller because he can't start. No, Andrew Miller's slider was disgusting. Uh, Sam right. Hentges does not have one of those pitches in his arsenal. The only thing they have in common is that they are tall, they are left-handed, they can't start, and they throw hard. Uh, <laughs> Andrew Miller's was through had a had a much more um, a better spinning fastball, and yeah, his slider was disgusting. That's about. There, there's not that many comparisons. I'm sorry. I just don't buy it. But anyway. Um, I do one last question before we leave. Oh, here, no. Guys. Okay. No, this is actually not portrayed to the Indians, but you and I talked about him. And ever since we talked about him, he's proved you wrong. What are we thinking about our uh, Oscar Gonzalez these days? Yeah. 65th on the IBI rankings coming into the year. Um, I, and he's number two in the extra base hits. Yeah, I would say he's probably going to wind up somewhere in the, the 25 to 30 range uh, when we re-rank those in August. Yeah. I, uh, I, I don't... No insight, no insight besides that. <laughs> I, I don't... I, I mean, yes, I would, I'm wrong. Okay, he made some actual changes to his swing. Like, he got more separation okay. from his hands to his hips, so he's making better... He's giving himself more time to make better swing right. decisions and get to his power more. So... He made a, a significant swing change, and it's helping him. Still does not want to take a walk. Um, with that profile, is very hard to find a solid major league baseline offensively, especially for a DH who's right-handed. Uh, excuse you. Excuse you. Harold Ramirez is doing just fine. Yeah. And that, okay, great. Like, some guys can do it. And and I, I, think, I think that, okay, well, first of all, Harold Ramirez is a good runner and a competent outfielder. Um, go go to Canal Park. Or I guess he can't go to Canal Park to watch him anymore. Um, click on MILB TV or drive down to Columbus and 
Tell me how many times you would like to watch Oscar Gonzalez play the outfield. Great arm. I'm just being sarcastic because I was just going to mention how crazy Harold Ramirez's baseball savant is. It is. And his tools are fun, too. Like He's not a bad runner. He's a decent defender, and he hits the crap out of the ball. And, yeah, that might be a small win for the Indians. How about that? That's good. The Indians might have... Um, if you're telling me, like, if you were to trade for a hypothetical good outfielder and does just player A, right, and then you had Nolan Jones and then George Valvera came up and then Harold Ramirez is your fourth outfielder, you're talking probably, if the infield stays the way it is, a good baseball team. I, I know it sounds crazy. No, Bo Naylor's okay. coming up. You know, they get a couple good middle infielders from their organizational depths. They have 47 of them, like I say every time. Um, Bobby Bradley will hit home runs. Fran Mill will be DH. Jose's at third base. Now you're talking about an actual offense. But you're still probably going to have to trade for that piece. Uh, I don't think they have that piece well, internally. You still, if you answer more questions about who is and who isn't offensively part of your future, you narrow down what you're looking for offensively, and it's easier to trade for that piece because you hundred percent. Yeah, you make 100%. it easier. You make it easier. Go out and find what you're looking for because you yep. now become one or two pieces away versus being four or five away. Yeah. So uh, it's uh, it's now our twenty man. It's getting late. I gotta work. To, I gotta work in the morning. And uh, yeah, no problem. Yeah, it's been a good chat. Uh, good to catch up with you. And uh, let's try to do, let's try to do this again before the actual trading deadline, which is yeah, thirteen days away. Yeah, we'll know much more in a week. So, uh, all right, buddy, we'll talk next week. All right, sounds good. Thanks for listening if you got this far. Uh, catch you on Monday for a Farm Report podcast. I think we're going to have Joe on this week to talk about the ACL Indians, the Arizona Complex League. Uh, so stay tuned for that. If you got this far, I'm sure you want to hear that. Everybody have a good one. Yeah.